This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us for another edition of Tribe Talk. Coming up on this week's show, we will hear from Anthony Castrovince. He's with MLB.com covering the World Series for MLB.com. The former Indians.com beat reporter for the Tribe. He'll fill us in on everything that's been going on between the Astros and the Nationals with Game 4 of the World Series coming up. On Saturday night, Nationals leading that series over Houston two games to one. Very interesting series so far, to be sure. We will also hear from Carlos Carrasco. He is the 2019 winner of the Roberto Clemente Award for Community Service and much, much more than that. We'll hear some of his thoughts on winning that award. Certainly emotional for him in what has been a very emotional calendar year for Carrasco. Also coming up on this week's show, it's the second of our Game of the Week installments, looking back at some of the great games of the 2019 season, an early season walk-off win for the Indians at home, keyed by a home run that won it by Carlos Santana, the first indication that it was going to be a special season for the Tribe first baseman. But first, some news and notes from around the Indians, and earlier this week, the Indians were notified that both Roberto Perez and Francisco Lindor are finalists among the three finalists for Gold Glove Awards at their respective positions. Of course, Perez with that big year behind the plate for the Indians in his first full season as a regular Major League catcher. Finally got that opportunity this year, and man, did he come through with flying colors. Performed very well offensively, a career year at the plate for him, but behind the plate, just tremendous. The usual controlling the running game did not allow a passed ball all season long and uh, just in general handled the pitching staff extremely well. And Lindor, another year of being a finalist as a, a potential gold glover at shortstop as he had another fine season at shortstop for the Indians. So uh, potential there for some nice awards and recognition for a couple of the Indians defensively. In the minor league system for the Indians, a note on one of their top prospects, third baseman Nolan Jones had to shut it down at the Arizona Fall League, had surgery on his right thumb, and he will be out for the remainder of the Arizona Fall League. But it looks like he'll be ready to go in time for 
spring training next year. He's considered by many to be the number one prospect in the Indian system. And this past season, Jones hit 272 with 15 home runs and 63 runs driven in. He did that the first half of the season at single-A Lynchburg, the second half at double-A Akron. In between, he was here in Cleveland playing at the Futures game as part of the All-Star Game activities. Second straight year that he's had a real strong season at the plate as a year ago. Splitting time between two single-A entries in the Indians' farm system, Jones hit 19 home runs and drove in 66, and uh, certainly a highly regarded prospect for the Indians. So an injury that required surgery. He had that earlier this week in New York, but uh, it does look like, indeed, he'll be back in time for spring training and continue his development in the Indians' farm system. So some news and notes there from around the Indians. Stay tuned. When we come back, we will hear from Carlos Carrasco, his thoughts on winning the 2019 Roberto Clemente Award. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic, Indians Radio Network. I'll tell you what, folks. Strap yourselves in. We're going to be here a while. And Carlos Carrasco... Getting a standing ovation. Wow. That's pretty cool. Big hug on the mound from Frankie Lindor. Man. You don't get choked up watching this, then you're not human. Top of the order, Eric Sogard, the pitch. And it's down low at 97 miles an hour. The pitch. A swing and a little dribbler to first. How about that? Bobbled again by Santana. Recovers, flips to Carrasco. First major league hitter he faces in his comeback. He gets on a ground up. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Well, we're starting to hit that point in the calendar where some of the major awards presented by Major League Baseball are being handed out. And on Friday, Carlos Carrasco was named the recipient of the 2019 Roberto Clemente Award. And don't think this is not an honor that is coveted by so many players in Major League Baseball. He was recognized for his tremendous humanitarian efforts on three continents, not just here in the Northeast Ohio and Cleveland area, but also in Venezuela and Africa as well. And uh, for the Indians, it's something that's happened before. This is the third time they've had a player earn the Roberto Clemente Award. Jim Tomey, the last to receive that honor back in 2002. Andre Thornton won it back in 1979. The award created back in 1971 to commemorate the memory and the great works of one of the greats of the game all time, Roberto Clemente. Now, Why was Carrasco under consideration, and why did he eventually win the award? These are just some of the things that he has done, not only this year, but year after year. And uh, this came from some of his uh, biographical information from his submission to Major League Baseball to be considered for the award. Every other Sunday during the offseason, Carlos and his wife Carrie, they shop, cook, box, and distribute 500 lunches to the homeless from the front porch of their home down in Tampa, Florida. That's every other Sunday during the offseason. When they're home, he travels the world, so he's not home a whole bunch, but they do that on a regular basis. Just a a great thing there for the homeless in the Tampa, Florida area. The couple also donates two scholarships of $10,000 annually 
for single moms to attend school, and Carlos sends $5,000 to United States veterans each year. He also frequents closer to home now in Northeast Ohio, Cleveland Stepstone Academy's Carlos Carrasco Major League Reading Corner, where he stops by on a regular basis and reads to students and discusses the importance of childhood literacy. Recently, Carlos read, If You Give a Mouse a Cookie, and then he decorated the cookies with the second graders. So great work by Cookie, uh, helping out the kids with reading programs at Cleveland Stepstone Academy. Carlos also traveled to Africa last November. He distributed shoes, shirts, and backpacks to underprivileged children. He spoke to kids through a translator about the importance of attending school. And while visiting the African villages, he donated more than $70,000 to families in need. And this past May, he donated $300,000 to Casa Venezuela Cucuta in Colombia and sent boxes of food, medicine, and medical supplies there. So great work all around, both in actions and monetary support by Carlos Carrasco and his wife, Carrie. The Carrasco family, special people to be sure, not only for what Carlos does on the mound, but more so what he does away from the mound. Now, we want to thank Bart Swain, the Indians' longtime uh, PR director, as he was able to put together some comments from Carlos Carrasco that we'll hear here in a moment. This is uh, we'll have a chance to visit with him one on one later on in the off season. But yesterday was or Friday was named as the recipient of the award. He's down in Washington D.C. received the award prior to Game Three of the World Series last night, Friday night, and then Saturday night, tonight. If you're listening to this live, uh, he will be on hand as uh, there'll be another stand up to cancer moment this time at the World Series, very similar to what we saw at the All-Star Game. And, of course, his story, battling leukemia throughout the summer, very well documented and an inspirational story to many. So we just didn't have a chance to catch up with Carlos one-on-one. He had a lot of responsibilities yesterday. But he did have an opportunity to speak with several members of the Cleveland media, including Paul Hoynes from Cleveland.com, Tom Withers from the Associated Press, among others. And uh, here were just some of his reactions and comments about being named the 2019 Roberto Clemente Award winner. Uh, the Roberto Clemente is mean a lot to to me because uh, pretty much everyone know uh, what he did for his community outside his country. So he was an unbelievable player. Just to see him, what what he did, so it made me feel so excited. So follow the steps. And um, this is something great, you know, contribute to the community. And uh, it's something that I love to do. And then I, um, that's my passion. Then I, it's something that I, when I was growing up, then I, uh, I saw a lot of people helping, a lot of families too. So this is mean a lot to me, even for my, for my country too. I'm really excited for. Carlos, congratulations. I was I was curious as to what initially inspired you to to be such a, a, a giver and a humanitarian. Where where does this come from originally? First, um, nobody know was what I'm going through uh, when I was growing up. Uh, I mean, there was a lot. Then I saw a lot of people help, uh, help kids, family, even myself too. So from that point, um, pretty much I growing up with that. Um, 
when I got into uh, when I got traded to Cleveland in two thousand nine. Nineteen uh, in two thousand uh, two thousand fourteen, I went to to the hospital to visit some kids. I took um, took my daughter, and uh, everything started from there. We saw some couple of kids with you know cancer. They started losing their hair and everything. And when I get when I went back home, I saw my daughter uh, with a scissor. And uh, she cut the hair, and uh, she told me just give it to the kids. Uh, what she saw in the hospital. So uh, my wife was looking at me, and then uh, we almost start crying before, uh, in front of my daughter. But uh, pretty much we hold it right there, and uh, everything starts from there. Um, it's something is right now is a passion, uh, something that I love to do, helping a lot of uh, kids, family because out there is a lot of kids and family they need help from everyone from us and uh the same way that I saw that when I was uh growing up is something that I love to do now even that I have big family I have five kids so I want them to see that so they can help a lot of people in the future too I just want to help a lot of kids and and family because they they need it they much uh they they need the help the way that I want to the people remember me is that it's like a great human being, great person, as a great player too. Um, I think that's the more important. But uh, man, I say it again, it's, it's something that I love to do. You know, baseball is not forever. I know um, on some point, so we, we, we stop playing baseball. But I want to all those uh, people and fans so they remember me as a good uh, human being and, and what I did on on the field and off the field too. Carlos, um, what you know? It, it looks like you've done a lot of work in your native country, uh, Venezuela. What what does that mean to you? And uh, is there one moment that stands out to you from from you know being able to help your own country? Yeah, you're right. So it's no secret for uh, anyone. Uh, pretty much everyone knows what happened in my country right now. Uh, to be honest with you guys, there's a lot of people uh, that doesn't have food, medication. So it's a lot of pe- uh, people who uh, die from not to eat, no medication. So this is, I mean, uh, for me, this is, I mean, a lot contribute to my country. Uh, but I think it's something... Uh, more more than this so just to get the roberto clemente award is uh is mean a lot to me and for my country too because pretty much know what happened uh down there but if i could follow up um what is what do you remember about roberto clemente and what, why is he uh you know such an icon especially in, in latin america and to latin american players First, he was a great player. Second one is uh, the way he contributed to the community. Um, when I read his story, so the way he, he, you know, he was flying out to Nicaragua to give him to, you know, help to the, the people over there and pretty much know what happened. And, and what he did before all that to the community, to open the doors, to follow the step, uh, to do everything. And that's what he's doing right now. So everything what he did and 
when I get to to read his story, so I I say I just want to be like him because that's the way that I love to do the the that's the way that I love to to help in the community, and that's the way that I am, and uh, and that's the the step that I want to follow too. Yeah, Carlos, I was just wondering when everything transpired with you this year and the diagnosis and all that. that even inspire you to do more that's even possible considering all that you do do already you know what that's a great question yes because i know is a lot of kids out there uh they need a lot of help so the way that i find out what what i have i went more to the hospital and they say if they can do it they can do it too because i was out for the baseball a little bit but when I went to the field and start, um, you know, pitching, so pretty much I telling all those kids and um, uh, teenagers and family out there, if I can do it, they can do it too. So never give up and um, just keep it strong. Just to see them with a different date when I go to the hospital and see them uh, a smile. So that's keeping me more happy in doing. And... Um, Pretty much, I want to go there every day, but I have to go to the stadium to do my stuff. But uh, I love to do that, and just to bring that smile for the kids has made me uh, happy. Carlos Carrasco, certainly a special player, and the Indians very happy that he's been able to spend his career in the big leagues so far with the tribe, and he does so, so much more than uh, what he does just on the mound on a regular basis for the Indians. Carlos Carrasco, the 2019 Roberto Clemente Award winner. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll hear from Anthony Castrovince. He's at the World Series in Washington, D.C., longtime columnist now for MLB.com, and we'll get his thoughts on the series so far. Could be shaping up to be quite a series before it's all said and done. That's coming your way shortly as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Another 2-2 pitch. Swing and a slow bouncer. Third base side. Rendon charges in as it. Off balance throw to Zimmerman in time for the out. And a game two. World Series. Curly W is in the books. Eaton off first. 2-2. That is on the outside corner for strike three at 99 miles an hour. And that is the ball game. The Houston Astros get their first win. In this World Series, as they defeat the Washington Nationals by a final of 4-1, to one. Nationals lead the World Series two games to one. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. World Series ongoing, and Saturday night it's game four, and uh, suddenly it's on again, a, a series that, boy, but you look at it now and you think it could go uh, a fair ways deep instead of just being a shorter series with Washington running away with it. The Astros and Nationals, again, playing game four in Washington, D.C., and joining us from our nation's capital, MLB.com columnist, reporter extraordinaire, former Indians.com beat reporter for the tribe, Anthony Castor, Vince, great friend of the show. And, uh, Anthony, great to have you with us from Washington, D.C. And, uh, boy, it sounds like baseball fever uh, times 10 in our nation's capital for the Nationals as uh, they are in the World Series for the first time in a long, long time. Yeah, incredible atmosphere uh, at Game 3, first World Series game in, in 86 years in, in this town. So, um, you know, their their fans really 
came to play. They're all decked out in red and um, the baby shark phenomenon, which of course, you know, if you're there, you can't get that song out of your head. I know you experienced that at the end of the season, Rosie, <laughs> with the Indians. Um, and they were really engaged, you know, that, that whole ball game, even though uh, it turned out to be a, a losing effort for, for their home nine. But um, yeah, great to see the, the Nationals finally have success in October and they're on a heck of a run, but now, uh, now it's a legitimate series. You know, it's, it's amazing how much the, the, the momentum, the narrative, what have you can sway with, with one game. But I think that's what happened in game three. How surprised were you at the Nationals' ability to go into Houston, not only go into Houston, but end up winning games started by Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander? Yeah, ex- extremely surprised. You know, I, I think you go into it thinking, well, first of all, they had the six-day layoff, which is never, you know, history says that's bad, you know. But although for this team, they have such an old roster that I think it was good for them. They rested up their bodies, and, and they're so starting pitching reliant, so they were able to get those guys some rest as well. Um, and then, yeah, they came in, and, and, you know, from the outside perspective, you're thinking if they can win just one here, you know, just, just steal one here against one of those guys, uh, you'd have to feel pretty good going back to Washington. But lo and behold, they won both of those ball games and um, really showed the, the depth of their, of their lineup. Um, the aforementioned old guys came through, you know, guys like Ryan Zimmerman and uh, Kurt Suzuki had, had big home runs for them. Uh, Juan Soto was such a force in those two games that A.J. Hinch, the Astros manager, intentionally walked him that was the first intentional walk he issued all year so it shows uh they they really kind of broke the astros brains a little few games with the way they played out um but then you know you, you shift you shift here to dc and 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 the astros take one and and then you start to look at it and like you know garrett cole in game five looks pretty good if, if the astros can win game three then you know they're in a really good position position for game five so it, it can swing quickly in a series and you always wonder you know you lose that first game as it's plant that first seed of doubt but you got to give the Nationals credit because all October uh, they've they've first of all they were a wild card club which is always different difficult to overcome. Uh, they came back in that game. They came back in Game Five of the division series. They absolutely steamrolled a Cardinals team that, that came in with all the confidence in the world. So Nats are not to be underestimated. I think we we saw that in Games One and Two, which by the way, Rosie did feel a little leery when I think the odds makers like Caesar's Palace was saying it was the most lopsided. World Series in favor of the Astros since uh, 2007, which I hate to bring up 2007 in, in Cleveland, but um, since the Red Sox and uh, and Rockies in 2007. And when I saw that, I was like, that doesn't ring true to me. I know the Nationals are underdogs, but I don't think they should be prohibitive underdogs. So they, they proved it. Well, they have Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg. So uh, mm-hmm. those are two pretty good pitchers to start with. And, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, but three games in now, heading into game four Saturday night, Pitching-wise, obviously the, the top two on each team have were used in games one and two. Based on, on what you see, how it's set up now, what do you think in terms of, of pitching, especially starting pitching, who might have the advantage? Yeah, I mean, as you said, Scherzer and, and Strasburg can neutralize the, the Astros' great strength of, of Cole and Verlander. And, um, you know, we'll see how they respond in game four, but the, the Nationals have the best, the better pitching setup for game four. That was the benefit for them in game three was – um, you know, they got some, a couple key innings from Joe Ross out of their bullpen. He's, you know, not a heralded member of their bullpen. And he really saved them, I thought, in game three to keep those other arms that they do rely on more. You know, Daniel Hudson, Sean Doolittle, et cetera, uh, keep those guys fresh going into game four. And they have the better setup. You know, the Astros are going with a bullpen game in game four because as great as this Astros rotation is, they don't trust uh, their four starter, Jose Arquiti. So, um, you know, so they'll, they'll go to the bullpen 
predominantly uh, in game four, whereas the Nationals counter would be more traditional setup and Patrick Corbin. He pitched in game one out of the bullpen, but, you know, that was kind of his between starts throw day, so to speak. So, um, so yeah, the Nationals might still have the edge uh, in game four. And then, you know, then you get into Scherzer Cole again, and that's that's a toss up. They're both so good. Anthony Castrovince joining us from MLB.com, formerly the beat writer for Indians.com on the Cleveland Indians beat. He's at the World Series covering it for MLB.com. And, and Anthony, unfortunately, at the start of this series, off the field news for the Astros, their assistant general manager, Brandon Taubman, eventually fired for comments he made in the direction of several female reporters during a postgame celebration following the American League Championship Series. It seems like it's a big deal from a distance and, and just yeah. reading it in all the different avenues you can. You being on the ground there, is it as bad as it seems from a distance or, or are we maybe making too much of it? No, it's it's as bad as it seems, if not worse, because MLB is still investigating this. They're, they're still they still have questions about how the Astros handled this. Uh, I think, quite frankly, about their culture in general, uh, the front office standpoint. So um, this was absolutely botched, you know, from minute number one, Rosie. I mean, it could have been handled in an hour uh, when, when Stephanie Epstein, the reporter for Sports Illustrated, um, contacted the Astros about writing this story because she was one of the women in the room uh, when this happened, when this incident happened, she's going to write about it. You know, the Astros could have dipped it in the bud right there. They could have said, we have disciplined Brandon Taubman. I don't know if that would mean firing him or suspending him or what, but um, they could have taken some proactive case there and, and tried to figure out what happened at the very least um, and, and try to apologize or something. Uh, instead, they just shut her down completely and then she publishes the story, and then almost immediately, I mean, we're talking about within hours, they released this vicious statement uh, attacking her credibility, her character, and this is one of the best baseball writers in the country, in my opinion. So um, just absolutely poorly handled. I know Major League Baseball was not happy about the way it was handled at all, and that's putting it lightly. And uh, they, they released that statement haphazardly, you know, trusting Brandon Taubman's words and, and not doing any due diligence to ask other people in the room what happened. And sure enough, her story was corroborated by many people. And MLB began investigating it during the World Series, which is, you know, not ideal for anybody. Um, and very quickly, uh, I think the Astros realized, you know, they screwed up. And then they issue a statement uh, of apology that was it left a lot to be desired. They, they fired Brandon Taubman, which was certainly the right thing at that point, um, because he had only uh, exacerbated the matter by lying about it. And uh but you just wonder if there's further discipline coming because the statement is, is another matter entirely, you know, and, and the people responsible for that statement, will they be held accountable? Because it was a, a, a vicious thing to do to a reporter who was just doing her job. Switching gears to finish on a, a more positive note, an upbeat note, I think, for, for Tribe fans. Two players that uh, were really well-respected here are in the World Series for Houston. Um, and also another on the other side for Washington, Jan Gomes catching for Washington, and now he becomes a key for them. But uh, Michael Brantley finally getting to play in a World Series after missing in 2016 due to injury. And, and Joe Smith finally getting to pitch in a World Series, even though he was a part of the Cubs in 2016, didn't pitch in that series. Um, what's it been like for them uh, from what you've been able to gather as, as they go through it here? Yeah, it's been great. And I'll, I'll add one more, Rosie, as Drupal Cabrera, who uh, was, you know, designated for assignment by the Rangers two and a half months ago and then uh, ends up uh, playing a prominent role in this World Series for the Nationals. So you got to give him a lot of love, too. Um, yeah, it's great to see those guys, you know, haven't been around them so much in Cleveland and 
Um, you know, Gomes with that trade uh, last winter, you knew he was going to a, a good situation, leaving a good situation and going to a good situation. And I don't know if we knew this good. I don't know if he knew it would be this good. Um, he's He probably hasn't had as much playing time as he likes just because uh, Kurt Suzuki's had such a great year. Uh, although Suzuki got injured in game three. So there could be an opportunity there for Gomes to maybe even start the rest of the way. We'll see. But um, and then, you know, Smitty, Joe Smith, who's that guy's been around the block so long. It's crazy. I remember when he was the, the young <laughs> uh, early to mid 20s trade acquisition. And now he's one of the elder statesmen in the game. And uh, in fact, coming in this World Series, I believe he was the player with the most appearances who had yet to pitch in a World Series game. So he finally got that opportunity. And it's not just opportunity. It's it's high leverage opportunity. He's really emerged as a, a very big uh, setup option for A.J. Hinch in that Astros bullpen. So that's great to see. And then Michael Brantley, you know, the consummate pro. And um, you could just see it on his face in, in 2016 when he was injured and wasn't able to take part in that great run that the Indians went on. I, I know he did everything he could possibly do behind the scenes to try to impact that series to help his teammates. And, and they raved about, you know, his role in that run. Uh, but for him to actually play is, is another batter. And, uh, you know, I, I know he's relishing this opportunity. He had a couple big hits in game three. And that's what you expect from Michael Prantley. He's just one of the most consistent hitters in the game. Well, it has been a really interesting series so far. Good games, fun games to watch. And, uh, oh boy, there's no indication that that's going to stop. Hopefully not anytime yeah. soon as, as they... They continue to play in game four in our nation's capital tonight. Anthony, good luck getting the uh, Baby Shark song out of your head. Maybe <laughs> listen to some Bruce Springsteen to, to counteract that or, or something. I, I'm not sure what the solution is. <laughs> I don't know either, but if you find one, please tell me. <laughs> Thanks for uh, coming by. I appreciate it, Anthony. All right, we'll see you, Rosie. Stay tuned. More to come of Tribe Talk after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. But, folks, this puppy isn't over. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhaus back with you for our final segment as we join you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us for Baseball Talk on the radio. And we continue with our Game of the Week series, a look back at some of the great games of the 2019 season. We began last week with the home opener, a come-from-behind win for the Tribe. And we'll stay on that first homestand for the Indians and take us to a game played on a Friday night, April the 5th, against the Toronto Blue Jays. They followed the Chicago White Sox into town, and it was noteworthy because it was the first of what would become commonplace for the Indians, a walk-off win at Progressive Field. They ended up with seven walk-off wins, 12 last-at-bat wins of their 93 total victories in the 2019 season. And this game that, that we'll hear highlights from as we move along here was the first of those games, those come-from-behind walk-off win-type games, and it featured a tremendous performance by Carlos Santana, who had returned to the ball club after spending 2018 with the Philadelphia Phillies. And when we caught up with Carlos toward the tail end of spring training, he made no bones about it. He was happy to be back in a Cleveland Indians uniform. Oh, yeah, so my heart is in Cleveland, and, and I'm so excited and, and proud, so back to to my sweet home you know i love here and, and and i hope finish my career here so i mean i'm happy for that and excited for with the season come you had a good spring it seemed like mm -hmm. and obviously sometimes it's, it's hard to 
predict what's going to happen in the regular season, but what were some of the things that you were happy about this spring? Comforting, comforting, comfortable, you know, and I'm working hard. And we see what happened, you know, and I'm so excited and, and, and we see, we see. So keep some of those thoughts in mind as we move through this second installment of our Game of the Week segment, Indians and Blue Jays. On a Friday night at Progressive Field, April the 5th, 53 degrees at game time. Not too bad for that point in the season. And a good pitching matchup from a tribe perspective. They had Shane Bieber on the mound against Trent Thornton for the Toronto Blue Jays. And the Indians got the scoring started in the bottom half of the third inning. Kevin Plawecki, new to the ball club behind the plate, getting a start at catcher, and he came through at the plate. Plawecki swings, hammers one, deep left field. It is gone! Kevin Plawecki has his first hit and first home run as an Indian. A line drive shot to the bleachers and left. And the Indians have a 1-0 lead. And he's got some thump in that bat. Meanwhile, Bieber was sailing through the first four innings, but in the fifth, he allowed a leadoff walk, and then Freddie Galvis blasted a two-run home run, and that put the Blue Jays on top, 2-1. The lead didn't last, though, as in the bottom half of the fifth inning, the Tribe evened things up thanks to Max Moroff. Thornton delivers. Moroff swings and lines it down the right field line. This one's headed to the wall. On his way to third is Ramirez. Brito has it. Ramirez is being waved around, and the relay throw is bobbled. Ramirez will score. Moroff is into third, and this game is tied at two. In the sixth inning, Bieber was back out there putting up zeros. Now the set and the pitch. Swing and a miss. Got him with a breaking ball. So Shane Bieber gave the Indians 91 superb pitches in six innings. So with the game still tied at two, we went to the bottom half of the ninth inning. Carlos Santana batting with one out, nobody on base, and here's what happened. 12,881 looking on. Indians, Blue Jays tied at two in the ninth, the pitch. Santana with a high drive. Deep left center field. It is gone. joyous jog around the bases. A solo homer to the bleachers in left center. The first home plate pummeling of the year. And the Indians are now above 500 for the first time this season. And after the game, we had a chance to catch up with Carlos Santana and talk about the game winner. Carlos Santana, first walk-off of the season. First, since you've been back with the Tribe, has to be a great feeling for you tonight. I'm free great. I'm free great. Especially win tonight. Um, you know, it's it's a great game. It's a great game. Especially a win win, and and we have to keep it up. Your approach this season so far has been consistent with what you did in the spring. And there, you go to the opposite field. All part of the plan. Focus, focus, concentrate. Um, you know. The part, what I like for me, and I enjoy. And I enjoy my time, I enjoy my teammate, everybody. So everybody is great now. Hungry, play hard every day, and, and, and try win. Carlos, congrats. Thank you. So a nice win for the Tribe and an early indication that it would be a special season for Carlos Santana. And indeed it was, as he finished 
with a career-high tying 34 home runs, a career-best 93 runs driven in, the highest batting average he ever had in his major league career as he finished at 281. For the fourth time in his big league career, more than 100 walks and his on-base percentage, 397. Just a tremendous season for Carlos Santana. And uh, our game of the week this week, Friday night, April the 5th, earlier this season, the first of many memorable nights and days for Carlos Santana. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. So so great to have you along with us. And uh, thanks, as always, to Brian Matze for helping to put together our show each week. We'll catch up with you again next week for another edition of Tribe Talk. This is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road any road the steeper the better because my all-new santa fe is available with h-track all-wheel drive so i can hit the trail without a worry in the world Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.